Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Sunday, WrestleMania Night 2, April 2nd, 2023, and we're here to break it all down. We will also kind of hit on the WWE sale talks that came out today, and the news on that. We're going to hit that first, but as far as Night 2 of WrestleMania does go, I will say I enjoyed Night 1 better. I thought Night 1 was a more... Seamless night, I guess you can say. Flow felt better. Every match was really good. There was a match or two that I kind of was like, meh, tonight. Like the woman's tag, that match was just there for me. Edge and Finn Balor ended great, but kind of started slow to where at the beginning, I'm like, oh, well, this ain't going well. Then Edge got stapled up, which we'll talk about. And or Finn got stapled up during the match. And then it was like, oh. They just hit another gear with them staples. So we'll get into all of that and more. But overall, I did love WrestleMania Night 2. I thought it was great. Just if I'm comparing the nights, I thought WrestleMania Night 1 was better. But with that, I'll say thank you if you are joining us right now live. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, if you're watching later, you can do so on YouTube or podcast services all around the globe. Listening on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Well, you get got a bunch of cool things if you link your Amazon and your Twitch. You link them together, bada bing, bada boom, your Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, if you want to help us out over on YouTube, you can support us by becoming a channel member. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Crime Boss Rock A City, The Last of Us Part 1, pre-ordering Dead Island 2, claiming one of the free games, or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, well, use this code right here, right here, right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWU. N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D for all your purchases on the Epic Game Store. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Just a couple of seconds to type it in. I mean, right now, they do have a Square Enix sale going on. It's got a lot of really good games on sale, like Forspoken, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. I want to say Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3. All the Kingdom Hearts. Just because 4, Octopath Traveler, and so much more. But with that, we've got WrestleMania to talk about night two as it kicked off with country music superstar Jimmy Allen performing America the Beautiful. Kevin Hart once again did the intro, just like he did for night one. And then it opened up really with The Miz and Snoop Dogg once again, the host and the dog father. The Miz mentioned the new champions from last night, Rhea Ripley, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Crowd cheered for all that. Snoop then told the crowd to fire it up. And then out came Omos. Omos and Brock Lesnar opened up the show in a match that went four minutes and 55 seconds. Lesnar did get big pyro. And Michael Cole mentioned this is his 12th match at WrestleMania. So, yeah, Brock's worked a bunch of manias. 
you forget how many manias Brock actually worked. If we think about it, I don't know if I can name all 12, but let's see. Um, Brock's first mania would have been 19, then he worked 20. Came back in 2012, what no works 2012, which was 20. 2012 was 29, but then he worked every year since then, maybe? Yeah, every year since then. Brock has had a match at WrestleMania every year for the last 10 years, if I'm thinking correctly. Huh. Well, let me think, let me think, let me think. No, not every year. 30, 31, 32, 33. Trying to think what his 34 match was. Roman, 34. 35, which was Seth. 36 was Drew. 37. Was, who do you work at 37? Did Brock not work 37? Brock didn't work 37. Brock didn't work 37 in Tampa, did he? Okay, so not 37, 38 and 39. So that would be 9, 11. What am I missing? Am I missing 29? Did he work 29? Uh, Fonzie says 28 was 12. Was it? Was it? I thought Rock and Cena was 2011-2012. I could have I could have my dates wrong. Mania 28 was Okay, my dates were wrong. Mania 28 was 12. Okay, so he did work 29. He did work 29. Rock Lesnar worked 29 against Rock Lesnar Triple H. You forget about that match. No holds barred. Brock Lesnar, Triple H. So there it is. There it is. 19, 20, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 38, 39. There you go. Yeah, there's 12. There's 12. So he's worked every match since 2013. Every year except every year since 2013 except 37. So there we go. Yeah. Like I said, no 37, Wayne. I forget about that Triple H Brock Lesnar no holds barred match. And if he if Triple H loses, he'd be forced to retire. I completely forget about that match. Like now I want to go back and watch it because I honestly have no recollection of that match whatsoever at all. At all. So as far as Brock Lesnar versus Omos went, it wasn't horrible. I'd say it was better than the woman's showcase match, in my opinion. Still, Lesnar tried to tackle, but Omos grabbed, literally. Lesnar kind of tried to go for a double leg. Omos grabbed him around the, the waist and just went, oh, and threw him. Omos then grabbed Brock once again with a huge scoop slam and then did it for a second time. Um... Omos targeted the lower back and applied a bear hug. Omos then slammed him again and again and then applied the bear hug once again. And, well, Cloud was fully behind Brock. Lesnar tried to fight back, but Omos hit him with a choke slam for a two. 
Lesnar avoided a charge and hit two and hit two German suplexes. Lesnar really sold that his back was messed up, but he managed to hit another German and the crowd went wild. Lesnar would then hit an F5 and pin Omos to pick up the victory. Now, when the finish of the match actually happened, I missed it because of the camera angle that they had. Now, they had the camera still on them, but what happened was Brock hits the F5. Camera is then way out here to where you see crowd and then the ring all around. And then all of a sudden, I hear ding, 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 and I go, what? Where was the, where was the count? Where was the what? Brock just win? I hit that. Go back 10 seconds on Peacock, and I really look, and I really I go, oh, we're supposed to see the one, two, three from way up here. So that was one thing where I'm like, what the hell, Kevin Dunn? Wrong camera angle to go to the finish on. Maybe he didn't even know that that was the finish. I'm not sure. But I thought Brock winning, whatever. But if Omos is still going to be somebody that they want to sort of push, I think it should have been like multiple F5s to keep him down. He should have like hit one F5, Omos kick out at two, hit another F or Omos kick out at one, hit another F5, Omos kick out at two, then just go, you know, I'm going to hit him with two consecutive and then pin him or something like that. Or he kicks out at two off the first one, two consecutive. I think for Omos's sake, he should have had to get hit with multiple F5s. But, hey, it was the opening match, and the crowd seemed to enjoy it. Then a match that the crowd really didn't seem to enjoy that much, but they were into at points, was the four-way women's tag team showcase match that did see Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler pick up the victory over Liv Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, Natalya and Shotzi, Chelsea Green, and Sonya Deville. Match went uh, 8 minutes and 20 seconds. There was a spot early on where Green went for a missile dropkick, but Rodriguez just no-sold it. Like, yo, you want to dropkick me? Mm, I'm just going to stand here. Rodriguez, Morgan, and Natalia gave Baszler a triple powerbomb. Shotzi wiped out Green and DeVille with a flying crossbody. Shotzi took a couple of opponents out with a suicide dive, and Green followed the, up with a dive off the top rope. Rodriguez then hit a powerbomb for her... Uh, Rodriguez then powerbombed her partner Morgan on a group of women on the outside. DeVille and Green worked together with strikes to take out Rodriguez. Natalia and Shotzi gave DeVille a heart attack before Natalia slammed Green onto DeVille. Natalia stacked Green and DeVille on top of each other and put them into the sharpshooter at the same time, which popped the crowd pretty big. Morgan broke that up, though, giving Natalia a code breaker. Morgan gave Shotzi an oblivion, but then Baszler and Rousey broke up a pin attempt. They beat up Morgan and Shotzi before Rousey tapped out Shotzi with an arm bar. Also, Ronda was wearing a brace on her, I want to say, left arm. So, yeah, Ronda does have a, I think it's a broken radius, or torn radius, whatever one it is. Messed up arm, but she still was able to work some. Match was okay. Crowd was into it at points. But, yeah, not much to it. Probably the weakest match of the night. In in my opinion, probably the weakest match of the weekend. Then, uh, why'd we need this segment? They say, 
Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to introduce the winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, Bobby Lashley. And Lashley comes out, poses with the statue or the, 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 the trophy, and that's it. That's it. Just that's it. Lashley then goes away. What happened to Lashley after SmackDown saying, I'm going to do an open challenge at WrestleMania. I got no plans for Saturday or Sunday. You know? What happened to that? I don't know. Um, Population 420 with a super chat on YouTube. Really appreciate that. Says, night one was better. Cody should have won. So Xavier Woods backstage with a bunch of people. Nikki Cross, Tegan Knox, Matt Cat Moss, Hit Row, Angelo Dawkins, Greg Miller, and they did a simulation similar to what they did on Monday. They did a simulation for so not Monday, sun, Saturday. So Saturday they did a simulation for Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul, where they said fifty something percent of the time Seth Rollins wins in the simulation. So they did a simulation. For the triple threat, but I didn't catch who they had winning because I wasn't really paying attention. I was doing something with my daughter when that portion came up. I'm like, oh yeah, this is something I don't have to pay attention to. So I didn't really pay too much attention to that. And then Titus O'Neil came out to join commentary, which, hey, I like Titus on commentary. He did commentary the night before as well. He did commentary tonight. I like Titus. Titus ain't need to be wrestling or anything, but I like Titus. I really do. So... Last night, we had the Dom Ray match sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And we had a few of those sponsored matches as well tonight. I think the men's showcase on night one was also sponsored by Intuit TurboTax. But tonight, we had the Intercontinental Championship match sponsored by Mike's Hard Lemonade or Mike's Harder, which they also sponsored the tag team title match last year. At WrestleMania, that's all Rick Boogs get injured. But man, this match for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunter, Drew, and Sheamus. Boy, howdy, was this amazing. Was this everything we thought it was going to be and more. Holy, holy crap. These three guys beat the crap out of each other. Triple H was then running some stuff down during the press conference. He was like, this match was good. And these people worked hard. And then he goes, oh, and that triple threat with Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus? The way they work tonight is why I'm retired. I've been in the ring with all of them, and they hit hard. They hit hard. Which I'm like, when was Triple H in the ring with Gunther? Hold on. Triple H, Walter? Were they in the ring together? Like, when did they have a match? Triple H and Walter. I honestly couldn't tell you. Let me see. Hold on. I found some. Oh, this might be a 2K thing. Yep. This might be a 2K thing. Hold on. Yep. That's a 2K thing there. There's your just like, I've been in the ring with Walt or with Gunther. When? When? I don't remember it. Maybe you guys can let me know in the chat the comments below, but I don't remember. Triple H said in the, in the press conference, he's been in the ring with Walter or Gunther. So McIntyre immediately knocks Gunther out of the ring with a drop kick, which allowed he and Sheamus to just go at it. Gunther did come back in and return the favor to McIntyre before teeing off with Sheamus's chest. Basically the crowd gave him an applause 
for his lethal chops, which turned Seamus' chest red. Gunther put him in a Boston Crab, and McIntyre smacked him twice in the face. Gunther and McIntyre exchanged chops, and McIntyre actually won the exchange, which got a pop from the crowd. Seamus came back in, and they all took turns clobbering each other. Seamus did 10 beats of the Baldrin, but in between each shot, McIntyre also chopped Gunther. Seamus did almost 30 beats as the crowd chanted right along. The crowd loved it, and so did Michael Cole. He was freaking out. Gunther gave Seamus a big boot, a German suplex, and a lariat for a two. Gunther then hit another big lariat, but Seamus kicked out. McIntyre gave Gunther a neckbreaker before suplexing Seamus into Gunther in the corner. Gunther ducked a Claymore kick and followed with a drop kick and a powerbomb for a near fall. Seamus gave Gunther a white noise off the middle rope and a Celtic cross, which is like a razor's edge, for a near fall. Seamus put Gunther in a cloverleaf, but McIntyre broke up the submission. Seamus then handed out some knee strikes to both men. Seamus hit Gunther with a bro kick, and as the crowd was going nuts, McIntyre broke up the cover. Scott starts chanting, this is awesome. McIntyre then hit Seamus with an Undertaker dive to the outside, and the crowd chanted, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. McIntyre went for the Claymore kick, but Seamus hit him with a perfectly timed brogue kick for a close near fall. The crowd then gave them a standing ovation. They exchanged strikes until McIntyre hit Seamus with a Claymore for another near fall. They traded right hands until Seamus hit another bro kick, but he was too beat up and took way too long to go make the cover. And as he did make the cover, Gunther broke it up with a splash. Like, Seamus gets on top of Drew, and then all of a sudden we just see, Gunther fly into frame. Gunther then powerbombs Seamus onto McIntyre, which kind of hit him up here. More like the neck area. I'm like, oh. And then he powerbombs Drew and pins him to pick up the victory. Gunter. Or, or Gunta, as Samantha Irving says, retains the championship. No title changes tonight. We'll say that. No title changes. Crowd loved this match. Commentary was great. Everybody in the ring was great. Like this, one of the best matches of the weekend. Then we had the Raw Women's title match. It was Bianca Belair defending against Asuka. Match went almost 16 minutes. It was like 15 minutes and 50 seconds or so. So Asuka's uh, entrance included four different women dressed as Asuka in masks, prancing on the stage as she made her entrance. Bianca's entrance was pretty cool. They had a young dance team do a dance, ran, uh, do some sort of like a choreographed dance before, um, before Bianca actually made out to the ring. And whatnot. And Triple H had an interesting story about this. So the one little girl that I guess they considered the contortionist, the one that can contort her body and stuff, was out there tonight performing despite her mother passing away this morning. So Triple H is telling us this story, trying his hardest not to cry at the press conference. He's like, I want to shout out and give my condolences to one of the little girls that participated in Bianca's entrance tonight. Her mother passed away this morning. She was the one that is the contortionist. He was like, but she's so passionate about what she does and she loves what she does and wants to get all the opportunities she can. She still wanted to come here and perform tonight. So people started coming to me and telling me what happened, that her mother passed away just this morning and she still wanted to be here. And so we all rallied around her, Bianca, and not just Bianca, but everybody backstage rallied around her to make sure that she felt loved, that she had a great night. He's like, tomorrow, 
tomorrow's going to be another day for her, but they wanted to make sure that tonight was an amazing night for her. And that's awesome to hear. Sucks. And it's, it's horrible to hear that her mother died. But it's awesome to hear that once Triple H found that out and once, you know, Bianca and others backstage started hearing that, boom, they all went to her. They rallied around her and they were like, no, 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 we're going to make sure. Even though this is the possibly, if not the worst day of your life so far, we're going to make sure that it's still a good night. So that's awesome to hear that they did do that for her. Also, Bianca wore black and gold. Don't know if it means anything. But a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, homage to NXT. I don't know if it did. I don't know if that's what it meant. Um, so early on, Lair was briefly in control, but Asuka used a cool strike combo to take over. Asuka tried a super German suplex, but Belair landed on her feet and hit a spinebuster for her too. Belair tried a standing moonsault, but Asuka caught her in a submission. Asuka transitioned into a version of the Asuka lock, but Belair got her out of the ring. They fought outside, and Belair hit a brutal-looking powerbomb before rolling Asuka into the ring for a two-count. They traded counters before Asuka hit a missile dropkick for a two. They exchanged moves on the apron until Belair hit an impressive deadlift vertical, bringing Asuka into the ring from the outside and got a two off of it. The crowd was getting quiet at some spot here. I don't know why. Maybe they were getting tired, or maybe they just weren't really into the match. But then they traded cradles. There were a couple counters until Asuka hit a kick to the head for a two. Both women got to their feet, and we finally started getting some dueling chants. Belair hit a blockbuster and a standing moonsault for a two. Excuse me. Asuka hit a knee strike, but Belair came right back with a tackle. They battled on the top rope, and Asuka actually pulled Belair off the top rope by her braid and then hit a code breaker for a two. Belair got Asuka up and hit her with a or got Asuka up in a glam slam position and then drove her into the turnbuckle. Belair tried to go for a KOD, but Asuka creatively countered out of it. Instead of just like she's got her up and Asuka wiggles out and then falls to her feet. Instead, she had her up for the KOD. Asuka kind of rolls her body and almost does like a I don't know what the exact move is called, but she Rolls her body down towards the mat, flipping Belair over. Belair almost hit the referee, and Asuka wanted to use the distraction to miss Belair, but Belair actually ducked and didn't get misted. Belair then went for the KOD, but Asuka reversed it into an armbar this time. The crowd went nuts because they thought this was going to be it. This was going to be the title change. Bianca was going to tap. Bianca would not tap. Instead, Bianca got to her feet, hit the KOD, and pinned Asuka to pick up the victory. Holy crap. I thought Asuka was winning. I sent out a tweet right after going, there's no way. There, there was no way I thought Asuka was losing, but she did. Really fun match, though. Kind of like, I think it was, I said this yesterday with Charlotte and Rhea. Great match, but was kind of slow early and then really shifted in. Oh, we do have some super chats here. Um, this one comes from Derek Bocek. Says, been a, uh, been a, uh, been a subscriber for a long time. Happy WrestleMania week and so glad for your videos. Keep up the great work. So glad Roman won. Well, thank you for that, Derek. And we also have another super chat from Fasify. Says, what's your take on the Bloodline story and Roman retaining? Jey Uso maybe is the one to start and 
uh, start and end it. Well, I'll get to all of that later. Thank you for the super chat. Really do appreciate it. If anybody else does want to make sure their question, comment, or concern does get read, you can donate a super chat on YouTube as well. But we will get to all that Roman bloodline stuff at the end when we talk about Roman retaining the goddamn title, which I didn't expect at all. Um, also, we will be taking your calls and text messages at the end. Call and text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. I'm going to pin that in both chats, YouTube and on which. So that's there. We'll take your phone calls and your text messages at the end of the show. And remember, in both chats, there's a poll for you guys as well. So as we move forward, they showed both George Kittle and Al Michaels in the crowd. They mentioned George Kittle helping out um, Pat McAfee last night. They replayed Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beating the Usos with the tag titles on the line. They focused on the finish, Zayn hitting Jay with multiple Huluva kicks. So then, Snoop and Miz once again. And this, this whole thing, very unfortunate. So Miz and Snoop were in the ring dancing to nothing but a G thing. Miz announces the attendance of 81,395 tonight. He says the combined two-night total is 161,892. Miz then complained that Snoop put him in an impromptu match last night. And Snoop goes, Whoop, my bad. But Miz didn't like his response. Miz said that this city was his city. And Snoop goes, ain't no, it ain't. This is our city. And then Miz says something about the open challenge. He goes, you want another one? I got an opponent. Hey, let's go. And out comes Shane McMahon. Yes, Shane O'Mac makes his way out to the ring. I lose my ever-loving mind. So Shane comes down to the ring. Here comes the money. Here we go, money talks. Here comes the money. And so Shane comes down. Shane grabs the mic. And told the crowd how much their response means to him. And Snoop's like, all right, we got a referee. This match is official. And Miz is like, you can't do this. You can't make this match. He goes, ah, hey, hey, hey I'm going to be out here. I'm just going to be right out here watching. And Shane does a couple of things. A drop. So Shane whips Miz off the ropes. He does a drop down. He gets up. He does a leapfrog over Miz, and when he comes down, he lands awkwardly, turns, and falls. Jessica Card jumps on him, asks him if he's okay. Obviously, he's not okay. Snoop then jumps into the ring. Jessica Card tells him something, most likely, hey, Shane is hurt. And Snoop and Miz, on the fly, just finish this, which is, oh my God, great. Snoop slams Miz, hits him with the uh, people's elbow, and pins him. One, two, three. So seamless, you would have thought that Shane going down was storyline, was booked that way, but it's not. Shane had to be helped to the back. Triple H did state in the post-show press conference, Shane tore his quad. Shane suffered a torn quad. But yeah, he also praised, he also praised Snoop and was like, hey, there's guys that have been training... 
to do this and what we do for years. And if something like that would have happened, they would have sat there in the ring going, oh, what do I do now? But Snoop, professional, just kept things going. But I want to give the props to Jessica Carr because it really looks like Jessica Carr was on top of everything. Soon as Shane went down, boom, she was on him. She signaled Snoop. Snoop jumped in. I don't know if she told Snoop, hey, do a people's elbow. Or if she just told Snoop, you got to improvise, he's down, and then Snoop said something to me. I don't know. I don't know exactly, but it felt like Jessica Carr was the, I don't want to say ringleader, but she was the one that was like, in the moment, hey, problem, solution, go. But it is unfortunate. Shane comes back and does nothing. He's like, drop down, leapfrog, tore my quad. As it runs in the family. So, Snoop pins them, and there we go. There's like an hour and a half left in the show, and I go, oh my God. Oh, no, 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 no. There's like two hours left. Two hours left, because we still have the Hell in a Cell match. I'll, I'll get to the filler stuff later. So, there's two hours left, and this next match is sponsored by the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe. There's a whole tie-in. Russell Crowe did some sort of a promo video thing beforehand. They showed a brief trailer. And then we got a brood Edge entrance. No Gangrel, though. So, Edge does a brood entrance where he comes up through the stage, or the ramp, actually. And he's wearing this weird disco ball-looking, like, chest head piece. And then he, he's got bat wings. And then he walks a couple steps, wide shot of the building, and then we hear, Wildness Day. He's got the stuff off, and he's just rated our superstar. Cool little entrance. Finn got the full demon entrance. Well, it was actually, I do have to mention, I do have to mention, when he came out as Brood Edge to start it, he was playing Slayer, South of Heaven. South of Heaven by Slayer. Because I think it was Corey Graves was like, yeah, I didn't have Slayer at WrestleMania on my bingo card. So, Finn then comes out old Finn Balor Demon music. He even did the, ah, ah, which I love. Because he comes out and then they're playing the old music. I'm like, oh, oh, please do the, ha, huh, please do the, ha, huh, please do the, ha. Huh, and he did it. And I'm like, yeah, buddy. Loved it. Loved it. So we get an 18-minute match here. It's Hell in a Cell. They say it's the first Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania in a very long time. Correct me if I'm wrong. First Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania since 29. Triple H Taker? Was that the last time we got a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania? Triple H Taker? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Vinny Assault in the YouTube chat says, remember, Snoop did that AEW. Bro, Snoop got better air on the leap and the elbow for his people's elbow than he did falling off the top in AEW. Anyways. So, match starts, and they immediately go for weapons right under the ring right away. Edge grabs a red steel chair, because, I mean, kudos, we didn't get a red goddamn cage, cell, whatever. But we did have red and purple chairs. A red edge chair and a purple judgment day chair. 
Anyways. Um, yeah, Edge grabs a red chair. Finn grabs a purple kendo stick. Edge hits Balor with the chair, but he kind of no-sold it at first. Edge then... Uh, and then he repeatedly hits Edge with a kendo stick. There were also some red kendo sticks, and Edge pulled out a bunch of them before hitting Balor with a purple one. He didn't care about colors. So then three minutes in, crowd's just like, we want tables. We want tables. Yes, uh, Jordan, you're right. 32, Shane Taker. WrestleMania 32 was the last Hell in a Cell match. Shane Taker. Thank you. So Edge trapped Balor in the corner of the cell with the kendo stick. I think it was two kendo sticks. He basically pinned Finn up against, like, the in the corner, and then he put kendo sticks in the cell holes. And, like, yeah, tra- trapped him there. Uh, Edge then followed this up with a missile drop, kick off the apron. Balor sold that. Um, he sold it pretty big, actually. Edge then set up a purple table to the delight of the crowd. But Balor busted free of the kendo sticks and went to town on Edge, who fought back sooner rather than later with an impaler DDT. Balor basically popped right up and hit a sling blade. Balor then hit a running dropkick, sending Edge through the table that was kind of propped up against the cage. Balor then whipped a, uh, like, threw a few chairs at Edge, but Edge booted him and hit an unprettier in the ring. Christian callback. Edge hit an edge matic but Balor kicked out of one. Edge then basically just threw a ladder right in Finn's face, busting him open. Finn falls down. You just see all this blood on the mat. And the ref runs over, looks at Edge and goes, ah, back it up. We need a doc. We need the doc. Doctor comes in. Finn's bleeding. Can't really see the blood on his face much because the face paint. But you can see it all on the mat. And so Edge is pacing like, what what do I do? What do I do? And so he like gets over towards Finn and the ref's like, back it up. I think it was Sean Bennett was the ref. He's like, back up, back up. And so to to kill time while the doctor's checking on Finn, Edge just starts looking for different weapons. And he's doing all this stuff. And Bennett at one point, because Edge like sets up a ladder and a couple other things. And Bennett kind of goes over to Edge like, hey, Calm your tits. Cool the heck down. But what we didn't know was actually happening in this moment. And Triple H actually told us in the press conference because he was asked, hey, how's Finn after the Hell in a Cell match? He's like, Finn's fine. I literally saw him right before I walked into this room. What you guys don't know is that they stapled his head shut during the match so he can continue and finish. Yeah. They stapled Finn's head shut so he can finish the match. Well, that's cool, I guess you could say. They're like, ah, staple me up so I can finish. I ain't hit, I ain't getting hell in a cell canceled due to some sort of a deep cut in my head. <laughs> but yeah, they finished it and they killed it. This match was really, really good. So Balor popped, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. medical staff checked on Balor. Edge grabbed some weapons. Balor then popped up and stomped on Edge. Edge avoided a coup de grace at one point, which led to a double down as they clotheslined each other. Balor still bleeding, but not bleeding bad enough to where it was a concern. Balor then responded with a sling blade and a dropkick and a coup de grace for a two. Balor goes to climb the ladder. 
And Edge hits him with a kendo stick. Edge then climbs the ladder, grabs Balor, shifts Balor from standing on one side of the ladder to on top of the top rope, and then jumps off and hits him with an Impaler DDT. No, an Execution. Execution. Not really much of a difference, but Execution. Gets a near fall off of it. Edge then pulls out another table to the delight of the crowd, but Balor attacked him with a kendo stick and hit him repeatedly in the midsection with a chair. With Edge on the table, Balor then climbs to some platform that's in the ring on the cage. So basically, you know, this cell's 15 feet high. Halfway up, there's this little platform built in that Finn climbs to and stands on. He then jumps off and he goes to Coup de Gras, um, Edge through a table. Edge moves. He crashes through that table and I go, oh my God. He's lucky he didn't shatter both ankles because he just so hard right on his feet, right on his feet, so hard right through the table. Table broke perfect, which means it didn't really help break the fall. Wrestlers always say from a height thing, like if they they fall somewhere high, they'd rather do it through a table than just falling straight down because the table is supposed to somewhat break your fall. This table didn't. This table broke perfect, and he just went straight through it. Um, Edge would then grab uh, Finn, hit him with a spear, going on a near fall off of it. Edge then hammered away on Balor's back with a stick and a red chair. Edge then grabbed that chair and stuck it under the head of Balor. He then grabbed another, without hesitating, hit a concerto, and then pinned him to pick up the victory. Edge defeats Finn. Then after the match, Edge starts looking around like this. Like, sad, kind of. As if to say, I gotta soak this all in. I've gotta take this moment. This might be my last mania. That's, that's the vibes I got. He did it during his entrance, too. Which I was like, whoa, that's a weird, weird way for him to look out at, to the crowd. He gave the crowd a... You might be my last Mania crowd look during his entrance and after the match. But I liked it. I really liked the match. I thought it was fun. Started off first three or four minutes a little slow. But maybe five minutes. But as soon as like Edge got, or Finn got stapled. And then he probably went to Edge and go, let's, let's kill this. So then... They start killing time. There's an hour and a half left in the show and only one match. It's like, oh, what are they going to do? Another unannounced match? What are they going to do to kill time? So there's a commercial with all the different movie parodies. And then Caleb Braxton interviews Bianca Belair where she brings in the dancers and they celebrate and this and that. They then recap the Hall of Fame and they bring out all the Hall of Famers. Ray Mysterio, Daisy Keebler, Great Mood of the Family, Andy Kaufman, the family of Tim White. We then get a video hyping up next year's WrestleMania in Philadelphia. They then make us watch all of Seth Rollins' freaking entrance from last night for no god-awful reason. No reason at all. They make us watch Seth's entrance again. Not like it was some big, huge, spectacular entrance. No, he had a conductor out there. Whoa. And then he takes off his big-ass jacket to reveal a Jeff Jarrett-looking top. And that was it. There was a TurboTax commercial and a video to hype up this main event. 
And then when I tell you Cody freaking Rhodes made me bawl my eyes out crying, I'm not lying. I was ugly crying towards the end of Cody's entrance. We get Cody's entrance. There was more than one royal family or whoever it is. And, you know, his music plays. Cody comes down to the, the ring, gets to the end of the ramp. Whoa! And then he goes to walk up the steps to get in the ring and thinks better, walks down and around. He goes over to commentary and he does a little wave. And I go, oh, family. Oh, camera pans. We see Brandy and Liberty, his daughter. We see his mom. We see his sister, Teal. And standing next to his mother is Brody Jr. And I go, oh my God, he's got Brody at ringside. He then takes off the weight belt and hands it to Brody. I kind of tear up. But when Michael goddamn Cole says, you may be wondering who this little boy is or this, this young man is that Cody is giving his um, weight belt to. That is not just any young man. That is Brody. That is the son of Brody Lee, John Huber. And for Michael Cole, for not only for Cody, to have Brody there at ringside with his mom, his sister, Brandy, and his daughter. That got me at first, a little. But then for Michael Cole, as Roman Reigns would say, to acknowledge Brody Jr., the waterworks just came. And I'm all of a sudden, I just go, I'm freaking ugly crying right now. Oh, my God. It got me for like three minutes. I cried for three minutes. I'm like, this is amazing. Because we know what Cody means to him. What he means to Cody. Especially more now than ever. Since the passing of his father. Of course, Cody can never replace his father. But Cody can always be there for him. Cody can always be his best friend. His biggest supporter. His biggest, outside of his mother, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Rock. Biggest, just everything. Because we know that outside of his father, his two other favorite people in the world were Cody Rhodes and Big E. Amanda Huber said it. When I had to tell Brody that John passed, I knew I couldn't do it without Cody and, and E there. But... For Cody to have, because we knew they were there. We knew Amanda and the boys were at Mania because Amanda posted a photo with both boys yesterday. But I expected Brandy to be at ringside. Maybe Liberty, you know, their daughter. But then we see Brandy's mom. We see Brandy's sister. And then I see Brody. And I just go, oh, my God. Cody's winning. Cody ain't having Brody right there to lose. But I guess... Brody understands it. Brody knows the business. So he's probably like, I want to watch from ringside. Or Cody's like, do you want to watch from ringside or whatever? A, I don't know if he, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if he told Brody ahead of time I'm losing. Or if he didn't tell him ahead of time I'm losing. I don't know who knew who didn't know. Sitting there, the five of them. Brody, his mom, Cody, the baby, whatever. And his sister. I don't know if they knew. I don't know if they didn't know. But again, to have Brody there in the hand him the weight belt. Because I'm like, oh, what kid's getting the weight belt? What kid's getting the weight It's Brody. 
And then Michael Cole, and I'm going on and repeating myself, but Michael Cole to acknowledge who he is, not just saying, oh, that's a young man that means a lot to Cody Rhodes. No, to say that is Brody Jr. That is the son of Brody Lee, better known as John Huber. And he means a lot to Cody Rhodes. For Michael Cole, Michael Cole did not have to do that. WWE did not have to do that. But they did, and it was beautiful. It was amazing. It made me ugly cry. It made me cry like the big show. Roman then gets a special entrance. Roman then gets a special entrance with an orchestra, kind of. Well, not really an orchestra. People playing piano. People playing some piano. And then his music just hits. Go, um, so Cody's in the ring. Roman comes out on the stage, and it's only Roman Heyman solo. And I go, oh, we're getting a ref bump so the Usos can run out later. Got it. Got it. Because when, when the Usos don't come out with Roman, that's the, that's the play call. As far as booking goes. Ref bump, here come the Usos. So really cool that Samantha Irving did the formal entrances. You know, we had regular entrances when they walked out and this and that, but then Samantha Irving did them in the ring. Well, she's freaking fantastic. So happy for her to be able to do that. And both men got great reactions from the crowd. Came in and grabs the mic, hands it to Roman, and Roman says, WrestleMania, acknowledge me. He and Cody have a slight exchange. They circle the ring a couple times. They go at it. They break. They lock up. They break up. Cody does the gold dust uppercut spot where Mike, he did like three or four times. Michael Cole just called it the right hand. He's like, oh, Cody with the right hand. Reigns regroups on the outside. Heyman, this is, this is awesome. So Cody does the whole drop down pop, you know. Roman's like, oh, he got me. Hold on. I need, I need a break. I need a breather for a second. So he's like, ah, oh, my jaw. Ah, oh, my jaw. And he was like, hey, you get back in there and you smash him. And as he says it like that, in that same moment, Heyman's face turns from, I'm telling you what to do to, I'm sorry. I don't tell you what to do. Because he goes, hey, you get back in there and you smash him. My tribal chief. My tribal chief. Like, oh, sorry for telling you what to do, but uh, my suggestion is get it back in the ring. <laughs> my tribal chief. I, I, I was fantastic. Heyman. Heyman is always on another level. So, Reigns gains some offense when he gets back in the ring, but Cody cuts him off the drop kick and gets a one count. Rhodes then tries to go for a disaster kick, but Roman actually catches him in a powerbomb, hits the powerbomb, and gets a two off of it. Reigns was in control for a bit, but after he tried to toss Rhodes out of the ring, Cody held the ropes back up in, throws out Roman. Uh, Reigns bounces back and went after him, though. Reigns blocked the PK and dropped Rhodes on the apron. Reigns slammed Rhodes on the ramp, but then Rhodes grabs him and scoop slams Roman right on the ramp. I'm like, oh, Roman taking big bumps here tonight. This means something to Roman. It's mania. Rhodes has the advantage. Just solo kind of gets close, and he's like looking on and wrong. Hold on. I forgot something. I forgot something with Solo at the start of this match. So the match is getting ready to start. 
Samantha Irvin does the entrances. Heyman gets out of the ring. Roman kind of walks to one side. And Solo's just like this. Just standing there. And Solo's a statue. So Cody looks at Solo and goes, You in this match? You in this match? Like, hey, get out of the ring. I thought that was great. When he, like, Solo's just standing there. Being Solo. And Cody looks at him. You can barely hear him, but you can for sure see the mouthing of it. Where Cody's just like, hey, you in this match? You in this match? I don't think so. Anyways, fighting on the ramp. Solo kind of gets close. Nothing really happens there. So, they finally get back into the ring. Rhodes has the advantage. Reigns has kind of knocked Loopy at one point. Cody's on the apron, I believe it was. Solo, then all of a sudden, we see lift up the skirt. And he's like, fiddling. And I'm like, what the hell is Solo doing? Camera cuts. And when it cuts back, Solo hits Cody with a chair in the ribs. Reigns sees all this. Referee doesn't because he's checking on Roman. And Reigns hits a drive-by to Cody. Gets two off of it. Rose tries to fire back, but Solo trips him. As the referee dumbingly looks at Reigns. He knows the, the outside interference is coming, you can tell. So he's like, I can't look right now. I gotta look the opposite way so I don't see it. And Reigns follows this up with a clothesline and gets a two. Reigns then clears both announce tables. And as he's going to powerbomb Cody, Cody blocks it and woof! Backdrops Roman off the Spanish announce table through Michael Cole and Corey Graves announce table. Crowd's going, bananas. Michael Cole's sitting there yelling at Cody, Cody, the ref's at six. Get in the ring. Break the count. Go, go, go. I'm like, Cole, a little biased are you? Corey Graves trying his damnedest not to be biased. He is towards the end of the match, though. Cody breaks the, the count. Colvin starts yelling, get him in the ring. Get him in the ring, Cody. I'm like, calm down, Michael Cole. So they get back into the ring. Rose hits some strikes and a Randy Orton looking quick power slam. The whole, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And then it's Cody Cutter, but only gets a two. And I liked that. I liked the callback there. The power slam to the Cody Cutter. Because it's almost like Randy Orton. The power slam to the RKO. And who was a very big mentor of Cody back in the day? Randy Orton. Rosen hits a suicide dive, and they appear to clonk heads a little bit. Um, Sokoa then whipped Rhodes with his weight belt, which they don't show it, but that's the exact same belt that Cody gave Brody. So did Brody give Solo the belt, or did Solo steal it from old Brody Jr.? If that's the case, they should have showed it. Because Brody... Oh my God, this is a, such a missed opportunity. Brody knows this business. And it would have been amazing if, even if it's 20, 30 seconds, camera all of a sudden, like, so it would have been perfect. And now I'm booking. Now I'm booking. Again, Brody Jr. knows this business. Brody Jr.'s been on TV. Brody Jr. knows how to pro wrestle. So this would have been great. If maybe they're doing commentary and all of a sudden they're like, wait, what is that? 
and they hear something, turn around, and it's Solo trying to take the belt from Brody. And so, like, he finally gets it from him. Brody sells, you know, cries or is upset, gets mad. I can see Brody, like, trying to, to pump up to Solo or something. Like, Solo grabs it, and so he, like, stands on his chair like, hey! And then fucking Brandy's like, sit down, calm down. But no, they just show him with the weight belt, and then he whips Cody with it. Missed opportunity to not involve Brody there, which I don't know if they would have, or if it was even a con- consideration. I don't know. But he hits him with the weight belt, and the ref's not looking. But then the ref turns around, and Michael Cole goes, Oh, I think the ref heard that. That was loud. That whip from the belt was loud, and I think the referee heard it. So the ref doesn't call for the DQ because he didn't see it. But instead, because he's skeptical of what Solo may have just done, he's like, I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to let anything else possibly happen. So, uh, you're gone. Just to be safe. Kicks out Solo. Crowd cheers. Reigns then grabs the belt. He wants to use it. Ref stops him. This distraction allows Cody to hit a super kick and a crossroads for a near fall. Crowd starts buzzing. I think you... Cole said we can hear a, this was... Or no, 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 no. There's a Cody chant, and then Michael Cole says, this was Cody's chance. I think he said that with a Cody cutter earlier, too. So Reigns fights back with a jawbreaker and a urinagi that Michael Cole calls both a urinagi and a rock bottom. Because he hits the urinagi and he goes, oh, Reigns with the urinagi. And then he goes for the pin one, two, and he goes, oh, only got a two off that rock bottom. Rhodes then ducks a Superman punch and counters it into a pedigree for a very, very close near fall. Rhodes then goes for a disaster kick, but Reigns catches him in midair with a Superman punch and gets a two off of it. Reigns seems to be filled with self-doubt. He's sitting in the corner just like, oh my God, how do I keep this guy down? Oh my God, what do I do? What the hell? Come on. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Kind of like when he had the Hell in a Cell match with Jay and he's sitting there all conflicted when Jimmy ran in. Um, so he's got the self-doubt, but Heyman's yelling at him, reassuring him, hey, you've got this. And he grabs, he's got the lay in his hand that Roman wears during his entrance. And he lifts it up. Like Paul Bear used to lift up the urn to give Undertaker some power. Reigns then went for a spear, but Rhodes flipped over Roman, cradles him for a two. He then applies the figure four, but Reigns counters, flips him. They eventually get out of it. They start trading right hands before Reigns dodges, a, uh, Reigns dodges Rhodes' move off the top and hits a spear for a near fall. Roman then applies the guillotine as the crowd starts chanting for Cody. He's got it synced in, and they're on the, the mat, and he's just wrenching and wrenching. But Cody eventually gets out. Cody fought out and then starts throwing haymakers, ground and pound. Boom, boom, boom on Roman, just throwing shots. Roman eventually ducks one. They get to their feet. Roman goes for a boot. And he accidentally boots the referee when Cody moves out of the way. Ref down. We know what's coming next. Both men went down after Reigns hit a Superman punch. And Rhodes hit a clothesline. Rhodes sets up for a crossroads. But bingo, bango, bongo. Out come the Usos. 
Usos come in with a Superman punch for hitting a, a, D, a 1D. Then, to our new tag team champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to the rescue, even in the odds, come out, and they run the Usos off through the crowd. Owens then gives Reigns a stunner for good measure, and Zayn gives him a haluva kick. Owens and Zayn, they brought the Usos in the crowd. Rhodes covers Reigns, but he still kicks out. Crowd, all on their feet at this point. They're all standing. Roman gets up. Cody gets up. They exchange some shots before Cody hits the jabs. The boom, the boom, the boom, the bionic elbow, drop back down, bada boom, gold dust uppercut. Rhodes then hits a crossroads, but he doesn't let go. He hits a second crossroads, but he doesn't let go. He stands up. Looks like he's going to go for a third one. Heyman starts distracting the referee. Solo runs back in. Spike to the neck. Knocks out Cody. Cody's like not knocked, knocked out. He's still on his feet. He's kind of woozily and wobbly. Roman sees this. Bounces off the ropes. Spears Cody and pins him one Two, three, Roman Reigns retires. I do want to say thank you to Tyreek Warren in the YouTube chat for the Super Chat donation. She says, where does everyone go from here? So I think the play here with Roman winning is they got to get to 1,000. You got to get to 1,000. And let me do some math here really quickly. Um, Roman won the title. On April 30th, 2020. Alexa, what is a thousand days after August 30th, 2020? So, if you guys didn't hear that, my Alexa said that a thousand days. That's not right. Hold on. Alexa, what is 1,000 days after August? Alexa, what is 1,000 days after August 30th, 2020? Okay. May 27th, 2023 is when Roman Reigns will hit 1,000 days. Do you guys know? What is May 27th, 2023 for the WWE? Well, King and Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia. So what if, what if Roman holds the title till day 1000, which again is the Saudi show? Then he gets 1000, but loses it that night. They can still at least say he got to 1000, but he didn't get to 1001. Who beats him? I don't know. I would like for it to be Cody. I would like for it to be Cody Rhodes. But you still got backlash between that two. Does Roman work backlash in Puerto Rico? Because it's an international show, I think he does. But where do you go is the big question. How do you get there? Triple H just asked this question in the press conference. You know, what was the decision behind keeping the title on Roman Reigns? And Triple H basically said, we still have more story to tell. We weren't ready to get to the end right now. Because if you think about it, the story they're telling with Cody, him getting to the winning of the belt is the end of this story. Once he's the champion, a new story continues. 
a new story begins of story one is, you know, his chamber of secrets is chasing, getting to the belt, winning the title, finally becoming the champion. Then, actually, actually, I got that wrong. Isn't Chamber of Secrets the second book? Yeah, his Sorcerer's Stone is chasing. His Chamber of Secrets is being, if that makes sense. It's a new story for a new time. And Triple H said it. We're not ready. We have more to tell. It will happen eventually, but not yet. So I don't know if that means Cody Roman's just going to keep going or if Roman's now moving on to somebody else because Roman's like, I beat them all, all the big names. He's like, I beat this person and I beat this person. And Heyman's like, don't forget this person and this person. He goes, damn, thank you for being here, Paul, because you're reminding me of all them people I beat that I can't even remember because it's been so many people. So again, day 1000 is the Saudi show. Does Roman drop it there? Very likely. But then, May 6th, still got backlash in Puerto Rico. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm baffled that Cody lost. But Triple H said, there's still more story to tell. He's like, we got Raw tomorrow. And just wait. It's kind of what he said. So, that was everything that went down at WrestleMania. But, speaking of that press conference... You gotta love freaking Paul Heyman. You've gotta love Paul Heyman. So, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns are taking questions, and they're like, one more question. And he answers a question, and then Heyman's like, oh, we got time. We can do one more. One more. And they go to freaking Nick Hausman. And Nick Hausman goes, I don't know if you guys are aware or what you guys know or what you can say, but CNBC did break the news this morning. There was a report that WWE is gonna be sold to Endeavor. The news can be, um, Announced officially as early as tomorrow. WWE may be merged in with the UFC. What are your thoughts? And Roman Reigns is like, I'm just worried about what happens in the ring. I don't worry about all that right now. I don't know anything. My day has been all about, hey, getting ready for this match tonight. So if that is what was reported and that is what came out, I don't know because I wasn't concerning myself with that. Heyman then looks at Nick Hausman and goes, you know this guy. This guy likes to start problems at press conferences. And I popped so hard. Everybody in that room popped. It's great because Paul Heyman just referenced the CM Punk all-out press conference on a WWE press conference. He literally said, you know, this guy likes to stir up things or cause problems at press conferences. I laughed so hard. Triple H comes out, does all of his stuff during the press conference, says that the gate between the two nights was they made over $21 million and this and that. And he's like, all right. He tells the story of the little girl that her mother dies and this and that. And he goes, all right, now I'm going to take questions. And he looks over and goes, Hausman, ask your question. I know what you're going to ask. And he asked about the sale. And he goes, is there anything you can say? And Triple H just goes, no. Everybody laughs. And he's like, all right, I just want to get that out of the way because I'm not talking about that. I want to talk about WrestleMania. So if you guys got questions about WrestleMania... We can go there. But I knew what his question was going to be, so I wanted to get him out of the way. Let's keep going. I thought that was great. They're, they're all shitting on Nick Hausman. 
in a good way, in a good way. They're not like crapping on him in a bad way, like, look at this fool or whatever. No, it's, hey, we like you. Hey, we know what you, we know what you do. Let's, let's, let's throw some fun jabs. Uh, thank you to RTS with the Oscar Mantle. He says, Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton next. Well, according to Dave Meltzer, he said he was told by WWE PR, Randy ain't going to be ready for a couple of months still. Randy's still got a few more months till he can get back in the ring and return. So, there we go. Actually, Mr. Bangs, it wasn't a wasted question. Wasted question, dummy. Not a wasted question. Because you have to ask stuff like that. Because you don't know who may or may have an answer. Because for all we knew, Roman would, would come back or Heyman could come back and be like, oh yeah, we're going to possibly merge with the UFC. We could bring UFC stars over. We can bring in Conor McGregor. We can bring in Colby Covington. We can bring over Daniel Cormier, who we've already used, but now that we have a relationship with the UFC, we can use him even more for different things. I honestly thought Heyman may have had some sort of an answer or a response or some sort of a thing to say on it, but they were just all like, nope, not going to talk about it. Not above my pay grade. So that's basically what they all said. When they were asked by Nick Houseman about the sale, Triple H, Roman, Paul, they were kind of just like, above my pay grade, not going to talk about it. With that, guys, that's everything that took place Tonight, that we have to talk about. Now, I want to know what you guys thought. I want to know what you thought about WrestleMania, whether that was tonight, WrestleMania Night 1, whether that was yesterday, WrestleMania Night 2, or even, even, NXT Stand and Deliver yesterday morning. Heck, you want to talk about Super Card of Honor for Ring of Honor? I can talk about that as well. So you can either put a super chat in the YouTube chat, or you can text or call in to 1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. We have a couple text messages here. We'll get to them in a moment. We'll go to the polls first. Let's refresh all these polls just to make sure we got the updated numbers. Or as the Twitch poll does go, 80% like night two of WrestleMania. 20% thought it was just all right. Um, as far as the Twitter poll does go, 40% like night one. Wow. 32% thought it was just all right, and 27% did not like it. We do have a call coming in, so let's take that really fast. Caller, you're on the air. What would you think of WrestleMania? Hey, Tim. Uh, WrestleMania Part 1 was way better than Part 2, I believe. Agree. I, uh, I, I, I have to say one of the... Probably the best match of the night was probably the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn winning the tag team titles. And um, my question for you is, out of both WrestleManias, what was your favorite match of the night? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm looking at the, and I want to say thank you for the call and have a great night. But I'm looking at the cards and the results and everything for both nights. I have them written down right here. And I think I'm going to have to go with the caller here. The tag title match to close night one. I loved Roman and Cody, but I think that tag title match just if if Roman and Cody is here for me, the tag title match is just slightly above it for me. Just just so just a little. I liked the, the tag title match just a little bit more. So I think my match of the weekend for WWE would have to be the tag title match that closed night one. 
Um, going back to the polls really fast, as far as the YouTube community poll does go, 47% thought night two was just all right. 39% liked it. 14% thought it was just, or 14% didn't like it. Looking at the comments on the poll, versus there were some great moments and matches during this. Okay, that's a weird way to write that. Other person says, it was all right for my last day as a WWE fan. Okay. Versus night one was fire. Night one had better match quality than night two. Okay. I can't disagree there. Um, this person says, night one and NXT stand and deliver were definitely better. I don't know if stand and deliver was better than night two. Because they had some matches on there that weren't 100% all that great. Versus typical Brock match. Oscar's push ruined and derailed. Cody's story absolutely went down the drain. No, it didn't. There's still more they can tell. Versus the ending is what could have maked or braked it. And it's broken as hell. I don't know about that. Versus mid. This versus night one still holds the title as best mania night. And as far as the YouTube live poll does go, 50% liked the show. 35%, nope, 49% liked it. 34% thought it was just all right. And 15% didn't like night one. Some of the comments and text messages here. Um, this person says, I like WrestleMania 39, but did you see Finn Balor fresh cut on Instagram on his page? What going do about SmackDown Tag Team Championships? I didn't see the Finn Balor, but I can pull it up. Finn Balor Instagram. I'm going to look at it first before I show you guys in case it's too graphic. Yeah, even Instagram saying, hey, maybe too graphic. We're going to blur it until you actually click into it and tell me you want to see it. See photo. Oh, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We're going to show this here in a second, but I do got to take another call. Caller, you're on the air. What would you think of WrestleMania weekend? Hey, Timmy, this is uh, my name. Well, first and foremost, my name is Eric, and I live over here in Clinton, North Carolina. I had called um, into your, um, you know, one of your YouTube um, Pro Wrestling Limited shows before. Cool. And I've been a big wrestling fan, you know, ever since I, ever since I was five years old. I'm about 48 years old now. So I watched, you know, NWA, WCW, uh, Impact, TNA. I like AEW, and you know, I'll put WWE last. And I'm gonna say this: the booking for WrestleMania was kind of fucked up, man. They, you know, night two, the matches were good, but the championship should have changed hands, especially in the main event. That should have been the payoff. Right. You know, to me, that's that's what I'm thinking. You know, because that was that was a great match with Roman and um, Cody. Oh yeah, they no doubt. They off the, the men's t- tag team title match night one between the Usos and um, Sami Zayn and um, Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, which is actually his real last name. But anyways, that was a great match, and they paid it off with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley as well, the SmackDown Women's title, but. Oscar should have won, Cody should have won, and Sheamus to me should have won. Or you were Drew McIntyre, right? Yeah, no. Know, but I go ahead. I would say no title changes on night two, which was very interesting. 
Yeah, it was. It was crazy. I was like, what the hell is he doing? I'm like, damn, come on now. You know, they, they got to do better. I don't know who's going to face from. I thought he was going to take a sabbatical or a break. You know, for real. Yeah, you I know, mean, like, I mean, I want to say thank you for the call and have a great night. I mean, there is a chance that Roman doesn't work backlash, doesn't go to to Puerto Rico, and then his next challenger is on day 1,000 in Saudi Arabia. That is a very logical possibility that on May 6th, he doesn't go to Puerto Rico, doesn't work backlash. Maybe, maybe the main event of backlash is a big number one contenders match to figure out who faces Roman next. And then we go day 1000 in Saudi Arabia. Now I'm going to warn you guys, this picture is pretty goddamn graphic ish, kind of a little, but we're going to show you Finn's busted open head. And this is way worse than I even thought. This is way worse than I even thought. Good damn. Look at that cut. Oh, that's why he was bleeding so bad. They temporarily stapled him up during the match. So he can finish. And then they checked him out backstage, fixed him all up, and Triple H said he's fine. Triple H's like, oh, I talked to him right before we got into this room for the press conference. He's fine. Uh, reading some of these text messages. We go forward, and this person says, I attended the show, and the crowd was into it both nights. I believe this year's mania will go down as one of the greatest of all time. Up there with 3-19-17, in my opinion. Great show. Loved it. Big applause, Triple H. I would agree. I would 100% agree as well. One of the best WrestleManias we've ever seen. Three was really good. 19, pretty good. 17 has always been my favorite WrestleMania. I don't know if I can say I like 39 better than 17, though. I've seen a lot of people say that night one yesterday, and I haven't really seen many comments on tonight yet, but I saw a lot of people say that last night, night one, was the best night of a WrestleMania they've ever seen. And I can't dispute that or call them dumb or stupid. That's their opinion. And I can honestly see why you would think that. I can honestly see an argument for night one of this year's WrestleMania being the best night of a WrestleMania ever. And then you lump in both nights. You've got all the great matches we saw. The main event tonight with Cody Roman. The... Triple threat for the IC title, the SmackDown Women's Championship, the Raw Women's Championship, the tag title match, just everything together. One of the greatest nights of WrestleMania. I can see the argument for the greatest WrestleMania of all time between these two days. I still think, for some reason, 17 still holds a candle in my heart. I don't know if it's that triple threat hardcore title match with Kane, Big Show, and Raven. But I don't know. I, I, there's just something that still tells me, I think 17 still my favorite. This person says, Bray Wyatt and Alexa might return for a big Raw after Mania pop. I hope Bobby and Bray have a match at Backlash. Bobby deserves better. Solo screwed uh, Cody as revenge for his first loss on the main roster. Hold the belts until SummerSlam for Roman. I mean, it's all very possible. We don't know what's going on with Bray. Bray's in LA. Bray is in Los Angeles. He was spotted last night driving a car. Alexa, I don't know where she's at. I don't know if she's in LA. I don't know if she's back home in Florida. I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's at Disney World. I don't know. As far as Bobby goes. As far as Bobby goes. They did the thing after SmackDown of, hey, I'm going to issue an open challenge for WrestleMania weekend because I ain't got nothing to do. 
and then they did nothing with it. So that was very weird. Roman holding the title till SummerSlam. I mean, it's very logical and possible, but I just think there's something to you get to day 1,000, and there's a pay-per-view on day 1,000 that he loses on it. I think there is the very, very good story there of he got to 1,000. We've been teasing 1,000, but he couldn't get to 1,001. Um, Messiah says, check her Instagram. She's in Los Angeles. Okay, we could check her Instagram. I don't follow her Instagram much, but... If she is, then very cool. I think her husband has a home in Los Angeles, and they're there quite often anyways. But let's see. Um, Instagram is not wanting to load for me on the computer right now. Nope. It logged me out. Instagram's been doing that on, on desktop, logging me out randomly. And then I can't see stuff. All right, let's see. Um, Three days ago. I'm not sure what this is all about. Posted something three days ago. Let's see her Instagram stories. Um. Yep, not one to load for me. Can't check him at the moment. See some more text messages here. This person says, "Do you think Braun will get called up and get the Great Lesnar push of 2002?" Not sure about the big Lesnar push. I think he will get some sort of a push. And I do think he gets called up because of the way he handed the title to Melo. The way he was in the ring, handed him the belt, was basically like, this is your NXT now. I'm done. So I do think Braun comes up maybe this week. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. Versus, are you disappointed with the main event of night two? You think Cody deserves a win tonight or for a later time? I can't be too disappointed. Now... Yes, did I want to see Cody win? Yes, did I want to see that big Cody Rhodes, the end of WrestleMania, holding the belts? Yes, I did. I wanted to see it. But am I disappointed? No. Because Triple H told us, and maybe I'm putting too much faith into Paul. Maybe I'm putting too much faith into Hunter. He said there's still more story to tell with all of this as far as Cody chasing. If we just end it now, then what? We got to start something new. We still have more to tell with this current story before we get to the end. So we'll see. We'll see. But with that, guys, that's going to wrap everything up. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, I will be back live tomorrow morning for the wrestling wrap-up. Then we'll be back live tomorrow evening for the Raw after WrestleMania. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Sunday evening. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.